Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, We are in the thick of summer. A lot of heat waves going around, and not to be let down by intelligent systems, we actually didn't miss uh, an info drop. Well, we thought we did, but then they just dropped it randomly out of nowhere. Or not really missed it. We thought we were a little too early for it. But. Yeah, yeah. We actually thought, uh, we, as, as you were saying, we thought, oh, well, it'll drop at 11, but it is what it is. And as you said, the trailer for the new Summer Heroes dropped at about 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I delayed recording a little bit, had to deal with some family stuff. Um, and I guess it worked out in that regard. So we're going to we're going to preview those heroes, but we are going to talk about them in more detail once they release uh, by next episode. So not to get too far ahead of us, we have plenty to talk about before then. Kicking things off with the banners, we've got the Weekly Revival Banner 18 running right now, Summer Passing, Special Heroes Revival going until the 6th of July, Pegasus Knight Pileup going to the 6th as well, Legendary Byleth going into the 6th, Heroes with Dragon Fang going until the 8th. Summer Returns Special Heroes Revival till the 9th. Summer's Arrival Special Heroes Revival until the 12th. And Summer Vibrance going until the 4th of August. Eddie, how did you do in your summons? Uh, well, I did summon on the Byleth banner. Um, as I mentioned in Discord, I got a dagger thrown at me early on. Went through hell. But after a Nephany 4-star boost, I got Byleth. I ended up being about 70, 70 of the 80 orbs I had, so nice little bit. Didn't even have to order or purchase any extra orbs for them. Um, means I will probably have to purchase orbs if I want to get the new Summer Heroes, but we'll see what I can gather up before then. Uh, and this morning, I was doing the free summons and got nils off of the Dragon Fang banner. So. That's good stuff. I mean... If you're new to the show or the game, you might be thinking like, wow, he's speaking in some pretty cryptic uh, crypt- cryptic tone there. But uh, Dagger is a mythic hero and Hell is also a mythic hero. So um, you made it sound like the banner was a real drag and dangerous for that matter. But no, new heroes coming at you. Well, I already had them, but <laughs> merges. <laughs> there you go. Good stuff. Uh, I don't really have a lot to say on the summoning. I am pausing my summoning um on the Three Houses Summer Banner, I was trying to get Mercedes, but uh, looks like uh, I wanted to wait for the new Summer Heroes to see what they were. And now that you've seen them, are you going back to the Summer Vibrance, or are you going to try for some of the new guys? I don't know. Like, I, I have to, to be honest, like, and, and as we said earlier, like, the trailer literally dropped. I think I watched enough of it to kind of, you know, quickly capture who was on the banner and what they looked like. and But, like, I don't know what their skills are. So I, I still don't know. I think I might, at this rate, I might hold for a little bit longer, get some more orbs, but I could see myself. Yeah. I don't know. Original content heroes, not to jump ahead, but uh, I don't know. I'm torn. Yeah. We'll go over who's there in a, a little bit later, but I mean, you already, you generally don't worry about the skills. You worry about what are your feelings on the heroes and feel free to take your time to decide what you feel on them. Uh, we, yeah, but I will, not a problem. Yeah, yeah, I will likely, um, I'll think a little bit more about it while we go through the show, and then when we talk about the heroes, I'll I'll probably have a better answer. But, like, 
I'm not big on the original content heroes and, and you know, that's fine. I wasn't particularly attached to book four, uh, but uh, I do like Sita. So we'll, we'll see. We'll talk about it in a little bit. We'll go over those heroes and, and talk about uh, who we like um, on the banner, but uh, more details in the coming episode next week. Yep, uh, we didn't get a new calendar, and I went over everything last week, so nothing much, just the new heroes that are coming out in a couple days. Uh, but we did get info on the version update that should be coming out today or tomorrow. Yes, so the brand new version update coming, which is 5.7, as Eddie said, arriving either July 5th slash 6th, likely late day on the 5th. Uh, and what we'll have is, uh, you know, a lot, like a couple of new features, some quality of life stuff, but, you know, a lot of the standard additions. Kicking things off, we have a new team skill lock. A new button will be added in the team selection screen that allows you to lock the equipped skills and sacred seals for all the heroes in a particular team. Um, I, this is not for me, because I don't understand why I would need it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're using multiple same unit on multiple teams, maybe you can lock the skills to a specific team so that, you know, you can just swap between skills easily depending on what team they're in. But, I mean, reading through it when they I saw it, it didn't address my big issue, which is the fact that you can just still send them to reserves accidentally. I recently went through and moved most of my heroes' barracks into the reserves, and... Uh, ended up having a couple teams being no longer viable because they didn't have enough heroes on them because the game gives you no way to tell if a hero's in reserves when you're just clearing out the barracks or hero, heroes on a team. And this team skill lock thing doesn't seem to prevent that. You can still send them off to the reserves accident, accidentally. Mm. So. so with this feature, and obviously it's not in the game yet, so we can't test it, does it allow you to set up like a specific team with specific skills and then that locks that setup and then you can go change the skills on that hero and have them in a different team? Like, is that what they're saying? Or is this literally like you can't touch their skills? You can lock the skills of heroes, including secret seals on a team by team basis. We deploy a team that includes heroes whose skills have been locked. The heroes will always start the battle with the seals they have they had equipped when the team was locked. Even if you change the individual, the skills the individual heroes have equipped before the battle begins. So uh, you'll not be able to change the skills of uh, heroes in skill locked teams from the hero profile screen. Also, you will not be able to switch heroes in and out of teams that have their skills locked. When skill lock is turned off, all heroes on a, in the team will have their latest skills equipped. So. Right. so if you lock a team but have the same heroes in team two, let's say, you can those that team will have whatever skills you equip. Uh, it, like that to me makes sense as a feature you might want if you have like, you know, you have a let's say uh, a legendary Edelgard that you use in arena tempest trials and all that, and you want different skills for that specific say maxed out Edelgard. I, I could see so that being the way I'm reading it. That's kind of what it's for okay if you're using a different set of skills for different modes and you have set teams you can lock the skills that you have at guard for her um you know arena team for her tempest trial or yeah tempest trial team if you're using her for tempest trial or for her ether raid team 
Uh, and then each time they go into that mode, when they're picked for that mode, they will have the skills when you locked it. Um, I mean, maybe if that's not the case, because it talks about not being able to change the skills when the lock is on, but that could just mean on that team. Once that team is locked, you can't go in and mess around with them, but you can go to a different team where it's not locked and mess around with them. But I don't know for sure. Until we get it, we won't know all the exact intricacies of this mode. But, you know, the big one that still annoys me is that, you know, if you remove a hero and a skill lock team from your main barracks, whether by sending the hero home, using them in skill inheritance, or moving them to the reserve barracks, they will, will be removed from the skill lock team. And that's where my issue is. It's like, I had a character in my ether raid team for the auto dispatch because she deactivates the traps and i accidentally sent her into the uh barracks unintentionally or into the reserves so i go to do the next week's auto dispatches and she's not there anymore hmm. yeah i guess or, yeah, like when i was suck. yeah when i was doing tempest trials i sent most of one of my backup teams out and suddenly it pauses and it's like hey hey you need to fill this backup team before we can keep going you know Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when the feature gets added, uh, we'll try it out. I mean, personally, I don't feel like it's it's something I need. However, for the purpose of the show, we'll check it out and see how it works, and we'll report back next episode or in the Discord, depending on... Uh, like I said, for those that use the same units or similar units on multiple, ban- multiple areas, this sounds like it's a great uh, feature for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Not I, oh, for I, me, though. <laughs> I think there are people out there, uh, players that wanted that wanted this, or else they wouldn't have implemented it. So it's nice that it's there for those folks. And if you're one of those folks, certainly let us know in the Discord or via our email. Uh, you can check the show notes for links, or stay tuned at the end of the show. Um, we also have new legendary skills. Lynn, Lady of the Wind, is getting a new A skill or an upgraded A skill, Law of Sakai Two, and. In the C slot, joint drive speed. Robin Fell Vessel Fell Vessel is getting uh, an upgraded A skill, Dragon Skin Two, and in the C slot, speed slash resistance rain three. Um, this means something that we're getting these skills detailed in the version update. We are it likely going to see a remix. We're banner. getting their remix banner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. We got the double special heroes this past month, so. Makes sense that we should be getting a legendary remix banner. Uh, so Lynn and Robin, uh, you know, legendary Lynn and legendary Robin are getting their remixes. Um, these Ephraim and Hector do to get their remixes in September. I'm expecting that instead of waiting until September in August, we'll see uh, some new legendary heroes pulled out of the normal pool and put into the remix banner. Uh, probably when they do a fade channel for the brave heroes. Um, so I'm expecting at that point is when we will uh, get some more heroes pulled out to last through November and January, if not all the way to March next year. Cool. Yeah, I mean, for some reason, I know it hasn't happened yet, but for some reason, I feel like Lynn already got new skills. But that was Fiorm and somebody else. Yeah, Fiorm and um, Ike were, I think, the first two. Uh, I had it pulled up here. Uh, here we are. Uh, Fjorm and I got remixed in the February banner. Uh, Gunthra and Ryoma got remixed in May. And now Lynn and Robin are getting remixed in this one. So I'm expecting the last two, Ephraim and Hector, to get remixed in what should probably be September, since 
uh, after that first one, which was early, they've settled into a every other month with double special heroes on the other months. Yeah. So. That sounds fun. We'll look forward to that in a little bit. Uh, we have the standard editions, Eddie, the uh, yep. the old tried and true. What do we got here? New set of, new set of combat manuals coming in for the monthly ones. Uh, we got Summer Takumi and Ursula. Uh, we got Plegian Chris and the Four Star, as well as Seth, Silas, Soleil, and Roy joining him on there. Uh, Summer Takumi and Ursula are both five star uh, manuals you can get for Ephemera Seven. So, um, I have a quick question. This is sort of out of out of the you know out of the blue here, but since we're in the standard editions to the patch, I might as well spice things up a little bit. Do you think we'll ever get a feature to allow us to upgrade a divine? code or a manual into a full-fledged hero like i feel like we are a currency away from that happening uh you know they're giving away these combat manuals and they're not heroes really to write home about but at the end of the day if you want to complete out your like hero catalog and you don't have summer ursula or um uh maybe i can't remember if ursula was a tempest trial or a normal one i can't remember either probably not probably not tempest trial because she's I think original Ursula was Tempest Trial. Summer was on a banner. Um, I don't think so. No? Hmm. That's too bad. I mean, if they ever do that, it's going to be like a former soul. Yeah, like a premium you know, currency. Yeah, you have to pay for this item to unlock it, and you only get one every so often. You know, limited access to them. I'd be fine with that. Because... Because, I mean, the whole concept of the manuals came from taking a hero you received and getting rid of them. This was a way to get the skills that they have, but, you know, not give you the heroes. So that way, harder to get skills that are locked to certain five-star units Hmm. can be obtained, you know? Well, I'm Uh, giving Intelligent Systems permission to create one more premium currency, if they'd like. (laughs) Uh, Just throwing it out there into the wild. I, I would... Wouldn't hold my breath on that, but feel free to if you want. <laughs> no, I'm good. I enjoy breathing very much so. Yeah, aside from that set of combat manuals, as usual, we got a bunch of weapon refineries. Um, Jerome, Mass Rider, is getting a unique weapon. Uh, Fjorm, Gunthra, uh, Fel Robin, who's already getting new skills, is getting a, um, uh upgrade uh, refinement to her weapon as well. Uh, and her other version, the male fell, uh, fallen Robin, is also getting that upgrade on his green dragon stone. Uh, Dorcas and Spring Catria are also getting uh, refinements to their weapons. Uh, and then, of course, we got uh, new Heroic Grail units. Orson and Zealot are coming in into the Heroic Grail. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, other stuff coming in the version update is the standard, well, not so standard, but additions to Ether Raids. You've got the Dark Shrine uh, offense and defense versions can now be upgraded to level 8. Uh, the Escape Ladder on the offense side can be upgraded to level 6. And at level 6, you can regain Aether from uh, losing up to 6 times. Also, two new songs can be purchased from the Concert Hall and Ether Resort. Respite and Sunlight from Three Houses, and Gods Have the Risen Spread This Far, Awakening, quite the title. Um, And also Mjolnir Strike, the Winged Summoner can be upgraded to level 4, so if you're into that, 
good good stuff for you uh and finally um the last note here a big lock icon will be displayed in the edit defensive team screens in ether raids and mjolnir strike when uh your team is locked so if you're a big fan of giant locks good news there's gonna be a big one added soon <laughs> uh you know it's such amazing news and the other amazing news, as we already mentioned earlier, is that we got the legendary Byleth banner. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. So, uh, legendary Byleth banner on the red orb, you've got Lif, Plumeria, and Anand, or Anand. <laughs> I can't believe I did that again. Um, on the blue orb, you've got legendary Julia, uh, Arenis, and Nott. And on the green orb, you've got Hell and Dagger, as well as Byleth. And finally, on the colorless side, you've got Legendary Om, Legendary Leif, and Bramamond. So, uh, and, yeah. yeah. And note that uh, Leif, Plumeria, Knot, Hell, Dagger, and Bramamond are all mythics. So, the only normal ones are Anand and Aranus. <clears throat> yeah, uh, so, if you're looking to summon and you're looking to stick to the mythic heroes, or, or legendary heroes for that matter, then uh, there are a couple of... Uh, normal hero potholes there for you to swerve around or if you don't have them you might try to get them anyway but uh the big star of it is of course the new uh, legendary hero uh with byleth the fodlin star he's a uh the mysterious young mercenary and son of a former captain of the knights of saros byleth had more to him than was suspected by most which was awakened after it was an attempt to seal him in a dark void was made Fully merged with the heart of Sothis that had kept him alive at birth, he appears as a green tome infantry water legendary unit uh, with Para in his Enlightened One class outfit. He wields the Sword of the Creator in his attack animation, uh, but for the sake of the game, his weapon is the Professorial Text, which boosts his special trigger, and if he initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally, he gets plus five to the form ba- four combat stats, and also... Uh, he has a second uh, feature, which also is given to any allies within two spaces of him. Uh, but that second feature is that um, if he is faster in combat during uh, during the, the combat, uh, essentially if his speed is greater than his foes, he neutralizes guaranteed follow-ups and prevents uh, in skills that prevent follow-ups, prevented follow-ups. Uh, like I said, that part is uh, shared with allies within two spaces. Uh, so any ally within two spaces gets that if their speed is fast enough, they can do that. Uh, his legendary skill is Sublime Heaven. Uh, it boosts his damage by 25% of his attack, uh, and 50% if it's against dragon and or, dragon or beast foes, uh, while disabling non-special skills that reduce damage by X percentage. He has no other new skills, but does come with Tier 4 Attack Defense Ideal, Lull Attack Res, and Times Pulse. Mm-hmm. So, so this is the uh, male Byleth uh, legendary yep. hero. Um, I mean, if we've learned anything from Corrin, uh, it's likely that we'll get a, a a female legendary version at some point, right? Uh, do we have a female and male legendary Corrin? No, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of the... I know the no, we have versions. a female fell robin, but the re- fell male robin is normal. I know it, we have a... Or is it the opposite? I thought... 
Felgrima male was Robin Robin Fell Vessel is a legendary, but Robin Oh I'm thinking of oh yeah, Robin. Uh, Fell I, I had it here a moment ago. The one that's getting a refine, the other Robin is normal. He yeah. was a fallen unit, but he was not a legendary. Right. So they probably likely won't do a repeat. And now I'm trying to think if there has been a legendary repeat for the Avatar character. I don't think they picked one Avatar version and that gets a legendary. Uh let me go look. You said Corin. Let's see if there's a legendary male corn. No, there's a legendary female corn. But, hmm. uh, but what are your thoughts on his skills there? Uh you know, I I think they're I think they're pretty good. Like I think, you know, for the most part with legendary heroes, like they really, they really stack the uh, stack the deck. But um, a water legendary unit, and his lightened uh, one class outfit, I think that's a good fit. Um, <laughs> I love that his weapon is called the prof- profession professional uh, professorial pro- professorial. Thank you, text. professorial text. <laughs> that's a good yeah. one because um, everyone still calls him teach and professor after he's clearly not their teacher mm-hmm. anymore um which is good but no i think his skill set's pretty pretty good like um legendary skill sublime heaven boosting his damage by 24 percent um but increasing it even further against a dragon or beast that's pretty good uh I, I i think he's got a good kit i mean honestly as you said before i don't really focus on the kit i kind of focus on the character but being male byleth even and i'm playing male byleth now and i just feel like Yes, both versions of Byleth are pretty dull and sort of like empty shells for good purpose, you know, to put yourself in the game. Um, But I just, I don't know, because I played as female Byleth first, I kind of always sort of lean more towards female Byleth, whereas the opposite for Corrin and um, Robin, I played male versions of that in the 3DS range, so... Yeah, no, I I think uh I think he's got a good kit. I think he looks great. Like the artwork is great. Obviously as we're playing through three houses, I'm playing as male Byleth and like this whole outfit is like, yep. They nailed his enlightened one class and uh mm. that's what he looks like. And it's very well very well detailed and stuff, so I think they nailed that aspect of it, but I honestly didn't anticipate like a a, a three houses legendary hero so quickly, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, if anything, the timing is what caught me off guard, but I was expecting Byleth to eventually get a legendary version. I did look through, and I can only find one legendary version of each type. Uh, this is the first, first male version of a Avatar character that got the legendary treatment over the other one. Oh, okay. uh, but most of the ones that have a fell version do have a fell version of each type, so there is a fell corn and a fell corn, as well as two fell robins although one of them is legendary one of them is not or fallen fell fallen by the way and this year's fallen we got the two fallen morgans so yeah and but, i could see us getting fallen byleth uh next year i could see that being a thing i mean the issue with fallen byleth is where would that fit because there's no point where byleth is truly fallen you know true yeah, I guess you. I guess they kind of root everything else in lore right. and canon, right? We, we, yeah, just to a degree. Like there is, uh, from what they were, I haven't played through it, but there's like Awakening DLC, which is where the Fallen Morgans come from. Uh, we finally got to meet Fallen Dimitri in game this week, this month, which will 
or this week, which we'll discuss later. <laughs> For a little bit. Uh, yeah. No, no, uh, we, we don't we, see we, it much. But... Yeah, I didn't mean like, oh, we're only going to talk about it for 30 seconds. No, like, I mean, we, yeah. we literally saw him for for a little bit. I mean, we'll get there in a little bit. But yeah, no, I, I, I think um, I, like you, uh, understood that Byleth would become a legendary hero pretty much since they made their way through all the lords. Uh, he was definitely the next one up. Um, I'm glad they didn't make him mythic, even though they probably could. He's he's uh, he or she is pretty powerful. Um, but I'm glad they stuck to to Byleth being Be powerful, legendary. but not Im- impervious. You know, I've got a super powered Byleth, and the character, the enemies I'm fighting are close enough level that you know, depending on the skill sets and stats of them, they can do some damage to Byleth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think it's great that he's in here. It makes sense. Yep. So. Uh, he is going to be coming back. Uh, once again, IS has made it easy to tell when the legendary mythic units are returning, which makes it easier for me to bring to you. Uh, so in September, we have Byleth and Leaf coming back. October, Hell and Alm are returning. November, Dagger, Plumeria, Knot, and Bramamon are returning. December has Leaf coming back, and January has Julia coming back. Good so. stuff. And as we alluded to at the top of the show... We got the drop for the next Special Heroes banner, which, of course, is summer-focused. So we're going to talk a little bit about it tonight, and then we'll save a, like all the details for the next episode. However, uh, Summer's Dream, we got a preview of that. Uh, original content characters return for summer fun with book four units, plus a few new Mystery of the Emblem characters to balance things out. We have Freya, Freyr, Ogma, and Sita plus Plumeria. Oh, and uh, Norn as the Tempest Trials Plus unit. We'll cover these heroes in more detail, as I said, next episode. And we wish everybody some happy summoning uh, to all those summer fans out there. But, of course, we're not just going to drop it there. Eddie, I'm curious, like, you asked me who I might summon for on this banner. And I, I, I think personally, like, book four, as I said earlier, book four wasn't, like, my preferred book of heroes. None of them really... St- stuck with me like uh like fjorm did and like like fjorm did <laughs> i'm trying to think of the book <laughs> three unit why can't i well, clearly they didn't stick with you that well no i know oh air air yeah they kind of haven't done much with air since then they kind of kind of push her aside but fjorm keeps coming yeah, back fjorm, fjorm comes back more often than air or peony yeah and peony i never really you know got attached to and and i'm still uh i'm still enjoying the book five unit, although again, I think it's Regan. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, um, I'm more looking forward to original content heroes for book five. So next year when we'll likely get them. Um, I think the designs for Freya, Freyr, uh, Plumeria, they all look great. They all fit within the design. I like the uh, book four feel that they've tried to encompass to bring into the summer, the normal look and feel of the summer heroes. Um, Ogma is a good fit. I, I mean, his his dialogue is really interesting. I, I that I yeah. caught, uh, that was really fun. Yes. He was told to have some. His orders were to have summer fun or something like that. <laughs> he does not know what that means. Yeah, and, and that's literally and the, the just, dialogue. Freya is just not having it. She's not mortal. Don't look at me like I am. She's you know, avert your gaze. I think is her uh, critical <laughs> phrase. Yeah. So interesting. Um, but you know, you, you I, I think 
this we shouldn't be surprised by this because I always feel like the second summer banner is usually half of the previous book units. Which, which kind of brings up a question I um, am kind of springing on you. I've been thinking about it for a bit and wondering. Uh, but yeah, it seems to be a pattern. They're doing uh, partial, if not full, three houses banners and I guess uh, partial OC banners. And these are the characters that didn't get a New Year's version, or maybe it was spring. I can't remember where the last time we got OCs was off the top of my head. Um, so if they keep the three houses trend going, do you think we have like two or three or six or eight more years of it? <laughs> you mean you mean like another six years of, of us getting a full three houses summer banner? I mean, we've gotten all the three houses units are uh academy arc so do you think they're just gonna swing from academy arc into uh you know war arc and do a whole another set of them for war arc versions or do you think with once they get all the heroes in as academy arc summer units they'll be done i i don't know like i feel like uh you know your 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 normal heroes between um, um, school arc and war arc makes sense because they're they're different characters, they're different looks, they're different feels, they're different personalities. They've evolved over that five year time jump. But um, summer versions of the war arc is doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really make sense to me. Like I feel like, but you're right. Like all of these have been academy arc heroes, and yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, I, uh, I, I feel like personally, I feel like they should probably, um, they should probably break the trend and just uh, not do all of the academy ones, like kind of move back and forth if they really feel they want to dip into the the war act versions of the characters. But I don't think there's a reason to do both academy and war arc versions for summer banners. Because what if it's yeah. one or the other for summer banners? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that, but I don't need a time jump Mercedes, uh, summer version. Like I think that's. Well, I, guess, I guess the question was more. Let's say they say it's one or the other for summer or unit for uh, summer units, academy or war. And if you have an academy version of a summer unit, you're not going to get a war version of the summer unit. But they might give war versions to those who have it. Would you? Are there any characters you wish? They had waited for the war ver- or the war arc version of them. Um, the summer units. I honestly don't know. I mean, as I'm playing through, like really, my big thing is like is is the hair changes, right? Like that. That to me feels mm-hmm. like the biggest change uh, that would be represented in a summer version, right? Like, although I say that, then you look at the you look at the costumes. There, there are some other subtle changes to many of the characters, but yeah, the hair is the easiest one to spot. The hair is the easiest one, but then you look at their your, their unit, um, their unit uh, costumes, their clothes uh, in the war arc. Uh, like Petra changes pretty drastically from the school arc over to the the war arc, so you could bring in more of her war arc sort of flourishes. Uh, her uh, Bridget more Bridget design, right? Um, mm-hmm. That would be interesting. So I feel like there are characters where you can mix and match, but like you also come back to like where the characters are at. And could you imagine like I patch Dimitri being a summer unit 
I think that would be a little like the summer stuff is always so like playful and peaceful, even though they are always at war and and they're I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see. I really don't want Fire Emblem Heroes to turn into the Three Houses machine. Um, I get that it's been it's the biggest Fire Emblem release to date. Uh, I get that we're we're still waiting for more Fire Emblem mainline content. Um, and there's still plenty that they can pull from previous games as well as Three Houses. But at the end of the day, they could have done without a full Three Houses banner. Like they've kind of broken tradition where they would normally mix two games for each banner, right? And they didn't do that yeah, this I year. Yeah, I think they usually do. Yeah, I don't know if they I mean, did not always. Year, like the first year they did one banner that was all... Uh, awakening one banner that was all con or fates mm-hmm. so they don't always haven't always done it's not like a hard and fast they must always do this or that you yeah. know it's just they've kind of shifted into that you know well at uh, least we're teaching intelligent systems uh a lesson by having one of the three houses units for uh the choose your legends banner being the the gatekeeper so maybe they got the message <laughs> Or maybe they didn't. Maybe, uh, what was know. the message? I don't know what the message... As soon as I said that, I'm like, wait, maybe the message was that we need all the three houses. Maybe this is punishment. So you want uh, you want the gatekeeper? All right, well, prepare for more three houses. I don't know. Um, well, poor Ignat sits there in Christ alone. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... that's uh, Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Um, we're part of the problem. We are going to end our Fire Emblem Heroes chatter and move into the Outrealm Gate, which, of course, is going to be Three Houses-focused. Uh, as we continue our game club, uh, Verdant Wind, The Clawed Route, Part 2 of Three Houses. We're talking about Chapter 17. We're kicking things off with Chapter 17. Uh, Blood of the Eagle and Lion. Yes, Chapter 17, Blood of Eagle and Lion. The Eagle and Lion, after taking the Great Bridge of Merdin... In gaining support of the rest of the Alliance, now that they no longer have the threat of the Empire on their doorsteps, the next step is uh, to begin the fight in earnest by heading towards Fort Mercius. On the way, reports of a small army bearing the banner of the kingdom are heard, uh, but since they are not attacking Alliance troops, Claude takes a wait-and-see attitude towards them. It all comes to a head at Grander Field once again, where Edelgard shows up, and the kingdom's troops, with an oddly Dimitri-shaped leader, uh, sh- you know, hidden in blue, turns out to have Dimitri leading them. What a utter shock. It's not like they showed a war arc Dimitri at Grander Field in the promo footage. Oh, wait. At, during the battle, Edgard blows up the platform in the middle. I knew what happened. I just had the wrong time when they last fought here. Um, after the battle, while discovering or discussing the victory, the next in the next plans, uh, blah, them. I got distracted typing, but after discussing the victory and the plans of where to go next and what to do next, Hilda shows up, showing uh, to report that she saw Dimitri after the battle in a crazed uh, state with a strong desire to get at Edelgar. Uh, he collapsed during his pursuit and was surrounded and killed by Empire soldiers. While Hilda has no news of to, to do, we cut to a scene of him taking up Dimitri's goal and swearing to bring Dimitri... I guess his corpse or the ghost of him, Edelgard's head. Uh, we then cut to later that night when Lysithia comes to Claude and Byleth to discuss some of the weird mages on the battlefield and tells how 
Years ago, after House Ordelia was involved in a failed rebellion, those mages were part of a replacement troop sent by the Empire, although she suspects they are not actually part of the Empire or any other uh, you know, government in Fodland, and they performed blood experiments on the children of House Ordelia, Lysithia included, of which all the others were considered failures and died. Uh, this reminds Claude of Solon and Kranya when in the incident uh, with Flane from years earlier, how they were after Flane's blood. After everyone confirms they are staying the course when Claude offers a last chance to back out on the war, uh, he has a chat with Hilda and Lorenz about her brother Holst, who wants to join them, uh, but her father says he can't uh, to guard against Al Almira. Uh, and Claude is glad that he's staying back behind in case Edelgard tries to attack from the former kingdom territory. So, yeah, um, your comment about the Dimitri-shaped um, shadow leader or whatever, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. Um, this whole, like, I wasn't really thinking about it in the moment. I'm like, oh, is it Dimitri? Is it not? And, like, of course it's Dimitri. Dimitri lives... Uh, we get the cutscene, which is very much the final trailer we got um, at E3, the year the year this right. game released. And yes, the cutscene with Dimitri in the trailers could have been from a different route. Yes. But, I mean, they build to the Battle of the um, War, you know, the Battle of the Eagle and Lion uh, in Act 1. It's almost, you know... Every act has this battle, like Ronderfield in the second act, so it's almost a guarantee that, yeah, you know, Dimitri's going to be there to participate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so when I saw that cutscene pick up, I was like, oh, yeah, this is uh, this is the trailer we got for the war act. But you're right, yeah, you could explain it away as, as being a different timeline, but, like, this is Fire Emblem, you know, all the rumors of Dimitri being dead, like, something clearly happened to Dimitri and I'm guessing we won't, we don't know what that is unless you play the, the blue lions route. Yeah. in the blue lions route, uh, you know, there's rumors of Dimitri's dead, but Dimitri claims that to do sacrificed himself to save him. So, you know, and he thinks to do dead for half the, you know, for the first four or five maps before to do randomly shows up on one of them. Uh -huh. So, okay. you know, huh? So, yeah. So, it is interesting. I mean, um, he doesn't last long. He lasts basically the chapter. They uh, they describe and a pretty gruesome, gruesome death. It was either he lasts this chapter in this storyline or, you know, maybe he pops up again later hunting down Edelgard in another chapter trying to kill her. But, I mean, this is pretty much the inspiration for Fallen Dimitri. Blue, blue Lion's Dimitri is broody and a bit crazed. This version is a bit above and beyond with his, you know, cure, kill them all. I mean, maybe I'm misremembering what Blue Lion's Dimitri was like until he gets the shock that allows him to come to grips with himself and recover from his dementia. Mm -hmm. But he's full in his dementia. No one's stopping him. You know, no one's uh, helping him makes you know, figure out or whatever, come to his senses. So in this act, he just, you know, Goes after him, and I maybe we'll see Dudu later, and it could have been Dimitri or both Dimitri and Dudu again, but he he wasn't going to end well in this one because he wasn't willing to talk and work with you on Claude and all. 
So. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty much, I think, how every act plays out is, um, well, the ones I played, I played Edelgard's route and it's basically the same thing. Like, look, I have to try to stop you. And if that means my death, so be it. Um, Claude's a little more. Claude's more of, you know, I got to defend the Alliance or at least put up a show. If you're going to let me live, I'll leave. But I killed him with the wrong person and killed him, apparently. Mm. So. <laughs> Oh, I think um, it, it's to be expected. But yeah, as you said, uh, Dudu kind of like swears revenge. He probably is going to pop up again. Uh, but um, I'll say this. The second Hubert showed up on the map, I beelined it to him just to kill him. But of course, <laughs> he retreats. Little worm. Uh, I really don't like him. I want him gone. But uh, nope. Every time he pops up on the map, he <laughs> he's like, I yeah, must retreat. Well, you know. That's how it's going to be until you fight him in his final one. And due to the fact that there's a paralogue that can be done after this chapter, you weren't going to kill him here where he shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it was, it was a really fun chapter. Like there was a lot of like the fact that it's also a throwback to your first or I guess second battle between three armies. Um, second main battle. I'm probably forgetting them. There's probably many others, but it feels like it's a mirror. It's only, I mean, there's the trial one at the very beginning of the game. So your first task before you even start the month system. Uh, then there's the big one halfway through act one and this one chunk of the way through act two. So, yeah. Yeah. I just, I really like the setup. Um, I love the, the, the difficulty curve when you go up the middle to try to capture the armament and, uh, Edelgard's like, haha, they're trapped in the middle now, and she uses the 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 fire or the burning sort of oil or whatever to to kind of lay traps around you. Which, so I thought that was frustrating. Yeah. Funny thing is that if you stand on the actual uh, ballista, you're fine. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you try to get off the ballista, you're in trouble. Exactly. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting touch. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 the map was fairly simple with, with my units and I'm sure with yours as well as they've power leveled a bit, but, uh, I really like this, this, uh, this chapter. I think it pushes the story forward. Um, it is the, be the beginning of your push into the empire and Edelgard's first sort of defeat. Uh, you know, she, she rightfully says like, huh, I didn't expect to lose. So like, I think going forward, as we get to the conclusion of the game, it's going to be interesting to see how things ramp up because I've only experienced the other side. My of this. recollection is she said she, I mean, maybe not that she expected to lose, but she expected you to be a thorn in her side. Yeah. That's what I recall her saying. No, that, that, that is what she said. I, I'm misremembering, but essentially she's, she didn't expect you to be this big a thorn in your side. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I was doing a little looking around at other sort of routes, and it's it's interesting when you look at uh, the Edelgard route, and there were only 18 chapters there, where now we're almost at the stage where um, we're at the same sort of chapter length. But, you know, there are more chapters in Verdant Wind as we go forward, so we'll still be talking about it as as we move forward. But, yeah, I really like this chapter. Um, there was a paralogue expiring um this yes. month was it this month that it was expiring yes it was 427 in the game which would have been this month cool so we're going to go over that one as well since technically um in the timeline you would have had to do this if you unless you missed it uh but this is the face beneath this is the uh mercedes and caspar paralogue which 
possibly if you didn't recruit both of them, you wouldn't get this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of screwed it up to a degree. Okay. But what do you mean you screwed uh, it up? So you do the mission. Um, if Caspar uh, is the one who defeats the Death Knight, you get the Death Knight's weapon. Oh. But I ended up, you know, having Caspar do the first hit and Mercedes do the killing blow. And by the time I read up and realized, because I, I think in my first playthrough in my Blue Lions, I did have Caspar defeat him. Uh, but, um, you know, this time I didn't do it and he I didn't get the scythe at the end. So I was like, what did I do wrong? And I looked it up and it was like, if Caspar defeats him, you get the scythe. So, yeah. I thinking back, I don't think I killed the Death Knight. You know, I don't think I tried to take him out. Was he true? You can you can opt to not fight him. Yeah, as okay. far as I'm aware. So that's what I did. I, I I think I opted not to kill him, and then I was reading later when I was writing up the write up, which we'll, I'll read in a second. Um, I didn't realize that uh, you would it, you you got some. I missed out on something. Um, not that I'm terribly worried about having the Death Knight's weapon. Which I technically missed out on it as well because I didn't kill him with the right person. Mm-hmm. But... See, I was more hoping for if I left him alive, there'd be a different story outcome. But really, it sounds like no matter what, the Death Knight's like, nah, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. You better leave. This is your one Char- chance. Characters like the Death Knight, you know, Solon, Kranya, all have predetermined death points. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, you're not going to be able to, I mean, Kranya, I guess it is her first fight where you do straight up kill her, <laughs> but other ones, you'll fight them multiple times before where you'll kill them. And I guess technically you don't kill her, Solon kills her, but if they, if you fight them before their predetermined death time, they're going to run away. Of course. Yes. As I've learned with Hubert and friends. Uh, all right. Well, this is the, this is the chapter. Uh, or the paralogue, Caspar reports that Imperial forces have been spotted in the sealed forest led by the Death Knight, and an apprehensive Mercedes reveals that she has been thinking about her younger brother, Emil. Byleth leads their forces into the forest to drive off the Death Knight. In the forest, Mercedes confronts the Death Knight and asks him to remove his helmet, believing that he is Emil. Imperial reinforcements arrive and order the Death Knight to help them fight Byleth's forces, but the Death Knight refuses, citing a lack of interest in fighting. Man, I wish, you know, if you're just having a bad day, like, mm, I have a lack of interest. I'm just going to sit here. And Death that's Knight's it. a unique character, and it's not the first time he's refused to fight because this is below me or this is not worth my time. Yeah. You'd think so. he would have been written up enough to be let go. <laughs> like, sorry, we got to go in another direction. You just keep See, citing a lack of that's interest. What, that's what you get when you're one of the favorites of the boss. I the boss just has your utter loyalty and you know you you can slack off as much as you want until the boss is annoyed with you don't matter (laughs) exactly flame emperor come on what are you doing uh all right byleth and their companions defeat the imperial soldiers afterwards mercedes asks the death knight to join their cause and the death knight asks mercedes to leave garrick mock monastery neither sibling is willing to back down the Death Knight gives Mercedes the hero's relic of House Bartels, the Raphael gem. If Caspar defeated him, he also gives him his Sigh of Sarail. The Death Knight vows to kill Mercedes the next time they meet before departing. Mercedes blames his upbringing in House Bartels for his current psychotic nature and believes that there is still a kind man within him. I'm guessing there isn't. Caspar is shocked by that she can say that, but you know, yeah. that's Mercedes. What what was the Death Knight's weapon? 
uh, Psy of Sorel. Sorel? I'm no, I'm no, I'm interesting way to pronounce Scythe, but hey, (laughs) Scythe, Scythe, Psy, Scythe. You know what it is? I don't know what it is. It's probably my brain. Yep. But yeah, I I pronounce it Sariel, the second word, but it was just that you said Psy. I'm like, there's a, you even typed in the T-H-E there, so. Now I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm not going to dig into it now. Like, Psy, I've always. Maybe I'm thinking of a different word. I'm definitely thinking of a different word. It's, it's, we don't have to worry about it right now. Wait, I can sort this out later. However, like, yeah. <laughs> I this is the first time I played this paralogue, and I got to say I'm really disappointed I missed it on the first go because I really like this one. Um, from a story perspective... Well, you couldn't do it on the first go. You're right, yeah, because I, um, uh, I did Edelgard route, and I this one uh, does not show well, up for Edelgard. Yep, because while Death Knight wasn't playable when you played through the Edelgard route, he eventually became playable. So it'd be awkward if you're going and fighting one of your allies even before he was a playable unit. Oh, so he's a playable unit? Is he it is your... now a playable unit. Oh, okay. But it's not Yuritsa. It when it is Yuritsa. Uh, so is Emil Yuritsa? Yuritsa? Yeah. Whoa. And if you actually pay attention in the first half, uh, Mercedes is looking at uh, Yuritsa, thinking he looks familiar. Because hmm. she's realizing that he might actually be Emil, her long-lost younger brother. All right. Because that's the thing, right? Because um, I do remember that. I remember hints of that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Okay. See, this is the thing. You know, yeah, I think it was when Anna was added. They added as a free unit for everyone. Because I think Anna was the paid one. You could get Yuritsa on the Crimson Flowers route, or the Death Knight. But two routes with a unique character in the second half of the game mm-hmm. at that point, because Blue Lions gets Gilbert uh, at, you know, from the beginning, and they eventually added Yuritsa to the Crimson Flowers route. Cool. Now, I, there's just so much to this game and so many layers, and like there's a lot of stuff you can miss when yep. uh, not only doing one route and, and, and dropping the game, uh, but also missing out on paralogs if you haven't recruited everybody in a specific route. So I'm really glad um, I've been more thorough this time around. And, and also the fact that Eddie is, has literally recruited everybody yep. now. Um, I think I'm yep. missing Sylv- no Ferdinand. And he's dead, so it doesn't matter. Uh, good old Ferdy. I don't have him. And that's it, I think, in terms of recruitables. Yeah. All right. But- yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good paralog. Um, we'll have, uh, more paralogs to discuss next week. Um, yep. just paralogs. Uh, yeah. This, this coming this week, the first paralog was expiring, but there were about, I think seven paralogs that I had. I don't know if Ryan had one or two less because, uh, maybe Ferdinand was one of the ones in there. I think he might be, cause I think one of them's, um, Ferdinand and Lysithia hearing rumors of, uh, Duke Iyer being somewhere. Mm. So. Uh, but we're gonna go and take a week to burn through go through all of those if any of them pop up in the beginning of the new chapter we'll do those two and cover them all next week and then chapter 18 uh final battle the week after sounds good final battle battle of the route but final battle of chapter 18 (laughs) yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm really enjoying this part too and uh I, I, we were, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we were talking back and forth today about, you know, what game club looks going forward in 2021. Um, 
Extra Life's coming up, so of course we're going to use Game Club uh, voting as sort of an Extra Life donation incentive. So that's coming back. And we were kind of discussing like our remaining options of, of what we have that can be voted on. And, uh, you know, there, our options are limited by two factors, um, three factors, one being the game had to have come out in North America, so we have easy, eh, so it's been translated uh, by Nintendo, and two, it's easily obtainable, so the GameCube and Wii versions are pretty much out because neither of us have those, and, and they're very expensive. And three, we've if we've already done it. So our choices are becoming, you know, more and more limited, but... Uh, and, and before we get the inevitable mentions in Discord or emails, I know that there are fan translations and ROMs of games that are not e- easily accessible that you can get, but neither of us feels comfortable obtaining those. Yeah, I, I feel like um, down the road with uh, my personal opinion on, on playing a game is always I, I prefer to play it in the form that Nintendo or the original publisher or whatever is, is willing to present it. Um, that being said, I'm not opposed to us doing a game club esque version of new mystery of the emblem where we are not necessarily reading out Wikipedia pages, but like doing the research and then talking about it. I'm not, I have no problem with doing that, but that would be a something different um from a from a traditional game club but but that being said like my preference is always easily accessible nintendo translated and presented and purchasable but honestly yeah you're absolutely right there are games you can easily i think we can even you can even swap over to the japanese um nintendo uh, eShop and download all of the japanese only uh snes and nes games and play them you know um and, yeah, so it'd be yeah. a link way to access it, but I'm guessing they don't have English no. translations in there, so you'd have to spend half your time reading a fan translation website to understand what's going on or what skill you're using or what, what if you just, you're buying. What if you just held up Google Translator? Because don't they have, like, you can translate what's on the screen? Because oh, <laughs> that's always 100% perfect. Yeah, now everyone is screaming like... Weird, weird, nonsensical things I've gotten from... <laughs> Google Translate could be half the fun though when you really think about it. But then you'll just have sure. people like you should just play the fan translations, <laughs> you butts, you know. So I, I, I see, I, I understand every, where everyone's coming from. But like my hope is that uh, you know Nintendo sees this Fire Emblem franchise, and I think they do as as something that's worth sort of uh, rewarding, you know, longtime fans and, with with remakes. And it's and, not something we're saying we'll never do. We'll wait for that discussion when we get through all the games we can access easily now, which uh, after this, we are planning to go back to Blazing Blade and do Ellie Woods route. Uh, whether we'll eventually do Hector's route, I don't know. Uh, but since we have access to that, we're planning to go do Ellie Woods route. Uh, then by then, it'll be uh, Extra Life's choice of what we're doing after that, whether another Three Houses route or uh, Awakening or if extra life really really wants to punish us fates uh yeah i'm willing uh, to do fates for charity but i don't think you or i will will choose will choose and at this at this pace depending on when we actually finish up uh three houses here and how much if any time we take off before we start back up blazing blade it may be two extra lives in a row by the time we get to them yeah, we have been doing three houses since January, which is crazy to think about. 
but uh, it's a big game, and we, we, we gave it its time, and we're still giving it its time. Uh, but uh, I think that if we do another route for... Well, when we do another route for Three Houses, uh, part one will be condensed, focusing on the differences, or oh, yeah. s- essentially skipped over, right. depending on how, how many differences there are. Yep. Uh, I'll be taking some options from uh, Discord or maybe Extra Life on how to play the next time we do a Three Houses route. Uh, and I might be doing like a low recruit or maybe even a no recruit, like only you can recruit uh, Church and maybe the Ashen Wolves and that's it or something or who knows. Hmm. But I definitely won't be trying to grind everything out because if I really feel a need to boost stats to get some class for him, I'll have it all available. Cool. Good stuff. Well, uh, look forward to the future of Game Club and more Summoner's Call in the near future. Uh, We'll be back next week. You can find all of our episodes at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Email your thoughts, fay at gamersinpodcast.com, or check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Dralfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforest.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.